0: Hello and welcome everybody to Dr. Zen and the Greatest of All Sinners. This is a podcast where two men of great faith and even greater doubt discuss science, history, sports, culture. It's the events of the day as seen through the lens of eternity. It's the seven deadly sins meets the eightfold path. Good morning. I'm Ray Gustinelli your host. On this day, together with the greatest of all sinners, Jeffrey Lawrence Whedon. Hello, how are you today, Jeff? I'm fantastic. I'm not sure any of those things are going to happen today. That's the greatest intro in the history of podcasts. I think the intro may be the high point of the (laughs) podcast. We never quite live up to it, but uh, we can keep trying. Especially in the light of the fact that we are minus... Dr. Zen. We are. Does a, can, can a three-legged stool stand without that third leg? It's very Zen. We shall see. That I is like very that. Zen. I'll try my best to stand in for the Zen parts of the commentary. So I, it's always
1: a joy when I, you know, and you always see two men discussing this and that. It's the oddest intro because there's three people in the podcast. You always diminish yourself. You're always, we don't talk about you being this, this, uh, what, this Straw t- that stirs the drink. Stall
0: to stir the, the drink, the skeptic between the two yeah. men with their head in the clouds. Yeah. We may need to rebrand the podcast a little bit. You're right. I'm probably uh, self-deprecating. Uh, we at least have I...
1: to acknowledge
0: you. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was part of the founding uh, sort I of the you. seeds when we planted the seeds of the podcast. I hear a, you. A year, low these many, many months ago, probably a year and a half or uh-huh. so, we were sitting over beers, if you recall, in South Boulder and thinking about what we wanted to do creatively and we came up with this idea which was posed at the time as a uh, a meeting of minds between uh, you as the Christian and Paul as the Buddhist with some uh, mediation. But it, it's, it's evolved into something much bigger, hasn't it? It has. Yes. And, and, and But also something much darker. D- d-
1: Ray. <laughs> dark, because dark. here's what I've got this morning. Are you ready? Bring so it. it would, so bring it. So I understand that Paul Agostinelli if that is his name uh, a.k.a. Dr. Zen, is feeling, quote, under the weather. Yes. Which can be decrypted as I've developed a debilitating allergy to Jeffrey Lawrence Whedon, the greatest of all sinners, right? He <laughs> certainly can, yes. And I understand that he has stated repeatedly and with energy that a Buddhist of his accomplishment should probably examine meditatively, that he will never do another podcast <laughs> unless it's Dr. Zen and the greatest of all skeptics. That's what I heard, which is still, still T G O A S. You can keep the website the same. You yes. can do everything the same. Yeah. But, but a decidedly nasty
0: result for me. Yes, Jeffrey Lawrence Wheaton, the greatest of all sinners. Sinner Well, um, unless he's looking for you to convert. From a sinner to a skeptic, and that might be a a climb up the, I don't know, the ladder of virtue, the evolutionary ladder. I I don't know. Whatever in his mind. (laughs) I'm super skeptical. I can be more skeptical, but but that's your thing. That is my thing. That is my territory. I don't
1: buy the strep throat.
0: Yes. Yes. Right. Story yes. or whatever Buddhist Zen like smokescreen he's yeah. thrown. I right. don't. Well, we, we shall see. I will say I, I haven't been on the phone with him, and you know when you're on the phone with somebody who's claiming sickness, there's right. always that cough they throw in halfway right. through to, to, to make it sh- you yeah. know make it sh- so. I I, and in this case, it is strep throat, so he would be you know well within his his rights so to speak to go ahead and cough. But the thing is, I have not heard it. I cannot in- independently verify that he does in fact have strep throat, throat, but. Given how contagious strep throat is, I'm actually kind of glad he's not around today. I would consider it a badge of honor. I love him so much that I would just, I would absolutely love to say that I got strep
1: throat because I loved him so much. I just wanted to be a cruiser. Wow, well, you're willing to go to extremes. I am not. Let's forget about him. Let's move on to what's going on in your life. Good. So I missed you guys a ton, in part. Uh, and, and in part t- today to ramp up for this um, this giant podcast, this this legendary, memorable podcast, Monster Cast. I I attended a silent prayer day yesterday. Mm. Now only Jeffrey Lawrence Weed and the greatest of all sinners could screw up a spiritual retreat at the <laughs> Sacred Heart Jesuit Retreat House. <laughs> so it's recommended by one of my dearest friends, and um, and so I get there, and it's a it's an individual day of silent prayer and meditation, okay? okay? Yes. So I show up, and I don't know where to go, and there's no one there, and and so I just, and I'm wandering around, and there's there are a, a few other people floating around, but they're very obviously engaged in silent meditation. Yes. And so the very first thing I did, there was a woman, and she kind of raised her hand at me, and I said, hello, and it... And she acted like I had <laughs> affronted her badly. And I was like, oh, crap. She's doing the silent thing. <laughs> the silent part, yes. And I was—I had a little brochure. and I was yes. going to go up and say, hey, do you know where I should go? Oh, yes. where, where do all the silent people go? Right. What do we do? Yeah. And no one was wanting to make eye contact with wow. me. I'm wandering around. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. Yeah. And it's just got acreage and it's it's up in it's Sedalia, Colorado. It was really gorgeous. So finally someone in the kitchen <laughs> says says, I don't know what you're supposed to do. I don't know where you're supposed to go. There's food and snacks here. It's a big place. <laughs> Do your dance. Good you know, luck, dude. Are you going to pray are you going to be <laughs> silent? And so when I joke about screwing up the day, it was actually really amazing. It was a great day. Good. Yeah. So I'm, I'm wandering around and I'm doing a little praying. I probably read more Bible in one day than I ever have in my entire life, which is good for me. It was It was really, really lovely. A beautiful spot. There was a time where it's in the middle of the day, and I kind of uh, just close my eyes a little bit and resting a little bit. And there, there are four I, – I kind of start a little bit. There's four deer right in front of me, like 10 feet away. As wet. if ordered, but, you, <laughs> you know. You can't make this crap <laughs> you, up. Yes. So anyway, that's going on. So I don't know if that's going to
0: hurt or help today, but that happened. And and, and and I didn't have to pay. (laughs) And you didn't have. I mean, really. I mean, is there a feedback form where you could have said, you know, a little posted notice (laughs) upon entry would have helped me to orient myself? uh,
1: Well, well, and I don't want to get too snotty about that because I guarantee you, probably somewhere there was a little note that said, "Hey, this is for all retreatants," and and I mean, they've been doing this for sixty years, so I'm sure that I bear some responsibility of this. But I will, I will call Teresa who does reservations and say. Right, yes. BT Dubs, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, worked out great for me, but might not, might not for everybody else. Yeah. Another thing that I've been doing since we were apart, besides becoming so righteous and so squared <laughs> away and so fixed in every way, is um, I've been watching a ton of live music. Live music, really? Yeah, and like we talked a, t- a tiny we, bit about this, we where did. we've seen some people were really excited about and yep. everything, mm-hmm. and so. um one of the things I've also discovered, I don't know what this means about me. If you have
0: insight, please fear, feel free to spew uh, it. I my will way. feel free to opine regardless of whether I have insight or not.
1: Fair enough. And so I'm crazy about warm up acts. Yes, I've seen okay. all these great acts, and I've been really excited by everybody else. I saw a ton of. You know, nostalgia type stuff: uh, Chicago, Areo, Doobie Brothers, B 52s Thompson Twins, Culture Club, New stuff, Fantagram, and Tycho and mm-hmm. Red Rock, so great. Young the Giant, Florence the Machine, Bush, Stone Temple Pilots, Cult, Foreigner, White Snake, White Snake for God's sakes, Foreigner uh, for God's sakes, <laughs> Jason <laughs> Bottom, Led Zeppelin, and uh, and and then Maroon Five and Julie Le- oh so Julie Lewis and Beck, and then Julia Michaels and Maroon Five. Wow 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 and wow. Right so my wife takes me to Maroon 5 grudgingly because I guess she has to pay, you have to men have to pay extra a lot extra to go because there's only women allowed I did not at a Maroon 5 concert. See, it's true. <laughs> and so I was one of only eight men in the concert <laughs> and arguably the only straight okay. men in I the see. concert. I okay, see. so... Um, and then... but uh, And it was really enjoyable but Julia Michaels blew me away. Wow. And these these warm-up bands that are just killing it. It's recent stuff that I was crazy about. Steve Miller, Ario... White Snake, for God's sake, who I do not consider myself a fan at all, was an amazing artist in the... in the um, I guess it was Foreigner. Uh, oh, that, oh, I see. Uh, so
0: they were the opening band Foreigner. Right, before. right. Okay, one, naja, of them, yeah. one of
1: them. But, so I, I kind of love the most these warm-up people. And Julia Michaels, warming up for Maroon 5, gave one of the most joyful, moving, adorable performances I've ever seen. I cried wow. during this performance. She seemed so... Uh, joyful and happy. There were just a million eight-year-olds screaming every word of her song to her, and it was like a shock to her. Mm-hmm. Now, she could just be a song, uh, uh, such a great performer that it was, but it seemed so new and sweet and joyful and powerful. And so, anyway, that's uh, that's homework is go out, uh, watch the video. Well, you don't have to watch the video, but make sure you're listening. Video is the best way to, to I think, um, uh, get this stuff. Uh, and, uh-huh is one song and then issues which she okay. uh-huh. which she was Grammy nominee for song of the year and unfortunately lost. Do you have so warm my back stuff yep. or new artists that you're crazy about? Boy,
0: well um d- new I, l- let me just back up a little bit because well, boy, you've well, given me a lot to think about here and I did just want mm-hmm, to say I sure. envy you all the live music you've been able to see. It used to be a big part of my life it has not been a big part of my life in the in the, in the last several years. I Come on, dude. I think I'm I'm I was going to say getting old, but I think we can just go straight to old at this point, certainly older than the lifestyle that I would admit for that sort of live music schedule you've been able to maintain. Congratulations, my friend. Yeah, but yeah. I did get to see um, Ray LaMontagne opened by Nico Case at Red Rocks mm. uh, just about a month ago, which I thought was great. And In fact, just to the opening act uh, point, Nico was the one I was much more interested in. I thought, but on the much the better show. Wow. So very enjoyable. Saw U2 last year on their big uh, Joshua Tree tour, tour opened by Beck, and I thought, uh, a total, total mismatch. Actually, I must disagree. Beck was very disappointing for me. Oh, no. Because uh, he was not an arena sized performer. I like Beck a lot, but I don't think he filled out wow. the arena wow. the same way uh, U2 did. Great show. Uh, almost as much of a video extravaganza <laughs> than a musical one. So uh that's been my you know I don't know with a few exceptions probably the limit of my live music stuff but you know you mentioned uh J- Julia um Michaels. Michaels who I've heard a little bit of you've exposed me to her a, a tremendous talent and uh it puts me in mind of a couple of other sort of young women who are really doing fantastically creative things singer songwriter um you know, not squarely in the folk, not squarely in the pop, not squarely in the hip hop, but they're kind of, you know, maybe merging these genres and stuff. And what I find uh, really exciting is that I would say you, you cast back five or ten years and there, were, there were, there's always been sort of the, 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 the teeny bopper kind of crowd or the tween or the young 20 crowd and a lot of women have come up and a lot of girls and I have found them to be very um, – I don't know that they're lacking a certain kind of depth or life experience, as one would expect as a as a child a performer, but a lot of the new ones seem to have more life experience. Right? They sound that way. And I would put, um, it seems like uh, Grace VanderWaal is somebody who won America's Got Talent, Um uh, a couple of years ago, and she's made a, a great name for herself, uh, building out singer-songwriter. I saw a gal uh, on the mall, down in the Pearl Street Mall, uh, Emily's Munoz is her name, the 13, 14-year-old girl, making the rounds, touring. And the, these folks are like doing <laughs> their own songwriting, and uh, it's, it's kind of deep stuff. It's not just, you know, my heart was broken by the cute boy down the street, sort right, of thing. right. It's good stuff. Well, and, and so Julia Michaels,
1: in that vein, is written for a million artists. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Keith Urban and Britney Spears and Demi Lovato and on and on and on. And now singing her own stuff. And so it is cool to see um, these young women kind of punching above their weight class. And you're just like, this is amazing stuff.
0: It's really good. There's another few. There's a, a trio out, um, actually all individual performers, um uh, Julian Baker, uh, Lucy Dacus, and uh, the third member el- eludes me. I apologize to her. Um, have you heard of these folks? Yeah, uh, really great. They're they're a little bit older, uh, maybe mid twenties. They've been touring for a little while, and they've gotten together and sort of. Uh, uh, a, a, a super group of that cohort uh, putting uh, touring together and putting out an album together. Very cool. Yeah. Well, we should put some of these links on the we should uh, website. We should, and and we, we can maybe their concerts. We can be the fifty something guys. The crowd could be filled with fifty something guys going and saying, "Good job!" You know, streaming. <laughs> Way to go! It might be a little weird, but hey, no, don't make it weird. What a talent! I no, no, thought. no, it's it's <laughs> pure
1: and wonderful. Public service announcement, though. Yes. Uh, just uh, for people um, uh, something that I've been able to take away uh, from the live music experience is that you're uh, you're really only ever partly anonymous farting at a concert I want to let people know that because I think people think they're fully anonymous I see when you're, you're just so you're not,
0: not like standing in the crowd that's the right that's okay. right yeah
1: and so I think it's important for people to uh, to understand that and that's all I got
0: is there a uh, I don't know business idea sort of like a fart muffle that you might want to Bring with you, kind of like a seat cushion slash fart muffle. You know, or? I didn't
1: go that far. Uh, yeah. Maybe that's for the next podcast. That's a hard. I think that's a I hard no. Maybe on that idea. You were right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, a- I, you know, <laughs> I wanted to be sweeter about it, but it is real, <laughs> an ugly, weird, hard no. Uh, so I think you just you need to walk away. Yeah. Yeah. Come back. Okay. Yeah. You know, yeah.
0: it's uh, Yeah. Just, just an idea. Okay. We we have to address uh, something. For it, it, it serves as something of an elephant in the room we at this point with this podcast. We have to, which is 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 the is the, the issue that has become become Elon Musk. Right. I think we have to address where this Ray, guy has gone. What's but, going on? Jeff, what I, is going on? I love him so much. You want me to start? Please do. Okay.
1: So here's the deal. I love Musk. Okay. And I think that he's terrific. I think that he's also probably horrific. And in, in the, you know, it's like whenever you're doing, these great things you've got to be a little bit of a crazy person a little bit of a weird person you've got to be idiosyncratic or different or unique in some way right? So we give them that uh, but he seems to um, you know be increasingly putting the eccentric and wildly eccentric genius <laughs> it seems to be be gone
0: completely bonkers in a way that he's just like he's off the record. I, I th- it's a fine line between completely eccentric or, or, or very eccentric and completely bonkers. Yes, right. It is and, and a fine line.
1: Musk from the beginning has been sin. like, you know, if, if Job's is, is uh, Steve, so I saying that right Josh <laughs> <laughs> you were reading
0: the Bible a lot yesterday so you were forgiven for that <laughs> wow alright and so <laughs> Apple guy you know him Apple he was, guy. A, he was Apple a big deal guy. for a I long know the time guy. I go, he know was a big deal yeah.
1: and uh, he ran one company you know at a yep. time yep. but Musk <laughs> like I'm not going to do that right. crap I'm right. going to do three revolutionary blah blah right. blah and so he had the I think it was Rogan's show where he he's uh, smoking marijuana on the air apparently he's got a fatty um, there Yep. yeah and and then he also is so into the cannabis culture that he makes a completely outlandish and completely unsubstantiated claim. I guess just totally buying into like the Trump Twitter school of thought. As you just say garbage, this is totally, totally wrong. What totally could can, can go wrong? Right. I had a thought. With, with, things, like to know. No, with things that anyone can find out about. <laughs> or more importantly, a federal agency like this uh, SEC can find out about. Exactly. And so he tells he, he he hates short sellers. Short sellers have punched Tesla in the face for years and have caused that company a lot of problems and they do cause Startups, lots and lots of problems. Mm-hmm. It's part of the market. It's kind of an adversarial sort of system. It's how it works. Mm-hmm. But he came up with the ultimate way to hurt short sellers, and that is just completely lie <laughs> about financing for four hundred and twenty billion dollars. Four twenty, get it? Cannabis, get it? Yeah,
0: Wink? right, what? right.
1: So anyway, I, 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 and then and then a couple, and then he makes a uh, he makes a very another Trumpian move. In, in my opinion, is he. Settles stuff with the SEC, which is which is good because you can go to prison for IRS and SEC stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, big boy prison, not jail. You know, I mean, (laughs) it it might be white collar (laughs) easy prison, but uh, nevertheless, you can go away. Wesley Snipes did time. Martha Stewart did time dealing with these agencies. Mm -hmm. And and the couple days afterwards, he did. You see that the. the tweets he had about it, he called them names and he yeah. made fun of the SEC yes. like the short yes. short, short sellers enrichment commission or something like that. Right, it. yes. <laughs> Elon, Elon, stop it. Right.
0: They will put right. you in jail. They right. will
1: strip your company from you. I don't know. I don't yes. get it.
0: It, it It is a mystery. I'm not sure we've reached the end of this story. I'm oh. quite sure we haven't. It'll be very interesting to see how it evolves. It's certainly at the very least been an insight in, into the mind of this genius that we had not had before. And it's it's hard to know whether he's changed or whether the visibility is the new ingredient. But what we're seeing now is certainly telling us something about him that we didn't know. Simply the lack of filter and the lack of discipline, it just on its face, oh. is something that previously, you know, if he had, he may very well have had a lot of the thoughts that he's having now, or even been living the lifestyle and living the life that he's living now. But but we're seeing um, a mercurial quality. Uh, and a lack of discipline and, and focus <laughs> evident within these tweets, with a, with a lack of appreciation for the consequences. Um, that, that was not there before. So it was much easier um, to, to, you know, sort of cast him in the most positive light as, yeah. as, as the genius who was able to manage all these things. Um, you know, all, all of the things that he's finding fault with and complaining about are legitimate concerns in some way. Like you say, I mean, it's, it's in some ways probably right for, for a guy who has a tremendously ambitious vision to sort of you know cast aspersions on these guys who are basically wanting who are trying to make a buck on on his failure right. right and what he's focused on is his success it, it doesn't compromise his vision it, it might you know th- there might be realistic reasons why he may not succeed but you know he should be focused on what he's trying to do and that's a quality that i see emerging when we see these these constant comments is that well he's, he he's focusing as much on his enemies, and he's he's in fact creating more enemies through all of this fighting. And you've got to believe that in the time when he was building these organizations and earlier in the process, that it wasn't about the enemies; it was about what he was trying to achieve. And that's what I—that's where I think, in some ways, um, you know, the, the Twitter, the immediate, uh, you know, feedback loop around one's thoughts ill-serve everybody because it just it's it's designed towards creating enemies and, and heightening differences and stuff like that. And this is not a, a guy who can afford to focus on that stuff in the position he's at when he's trying to do fantastic things.
1: And, and listen, I mean I'm not trying to draw some parallel between him and Trump, but the, but there may be. And, and the, the main thing is is that Both are probably doing lots and lots of really great things, but getting in their own way in a way that just is is kind of unprecedented because no one had a bullhorn in their mouth. You could not. It just it. First of all, it wasn't. I don't even think people thought of it like is the president just going to think something off the top of their head and send it to the nation. That just is not something that I don't think anyone thought about for 200-plus years, you know, right. for a lot of years. Or the the uh, CEO of a, of, of a major, multibillion-dollar series of corporations would just say crap. Mm-hmm. On, and just It would just be spewed out into the universe because so much, you know, the interesting thing is that I think that if this continues, the short sellers have their last laugh. Right. And, right. and the people who would want to vote Trump out of office have the last laugh. Because you are the agent of your own undoing right. at that point in time, right. so it just
0: uh, maybe a cautionary tale uh, in the uh, in the Twitterverse, uh, the age of social media. Give me give me a prediction. Where do you think this will? So so just to reset. So he, he's out as a president and CEO for three years. I, I, I don't know if that affects yeah, immediately. He, he, he has some other role. Yeah. So he's out. I, I mean, he's still on the board, yep. which I mean, it's not like he cannot speak to anybody. That's right. He can give his input. Uh, but I guess he's out. Um, he may be able to play an operational role. I'm not sure. I think so. I mean, he may be able to go in and have a day job and stuff like right. that, but he's just not president. Uh, but, of course, he continues to be central to SpaceX right. um, and then the Boring Company and stuff like that. And, of course, <laughs> the thing you didn't mention was that was calling the... the uh, uh, the, the the guy, the pederast, you know, oh when, when they're trying to rescue the Thai guy, <laughs> it's like this sort of thing. So, and then the other, you know, there was a quite, he was accused by, uh, one of the rock, the hip hop stars that he was on acid when he did the, uh, the tweet. Had you heard that one? I mean, <laughs> yeah. so I didn't even hear who, that. No, yeah. I mean, so who knows where this goes? Well, where, where do you think it's going to go? Do, well, I mean, is he on a road to, is he going to implode or I, I mean, so here's the deal is that yeah. my hope is he did. My hope is
1: that's the that's the worst, you know, that he's able to say, wow, you know, there's going to be some adult that takes my role now and I can remain visionary and, and help and inspire and do this and that. But the trick is, is that he had a little bit of this idea that his it has to be. Um, you know just like Apple it had to be their world mm-hmm. everything every single decision right and that can't happen right and so is you know is this new person John Scully in Apple good analogy. Know, or or yeah. they're gonna bring in some automotive um, adult mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. and so I, I you know I think that the ideas are too good there's too much there there yeah. for that company to just crater whether or not that means it gets stuck sucked into GM or something mm-hmm. is probably the most likely result gotcha. but good stuff I mean I don't think it undoes what he did but it does take the narrative arc and the trajectory I have no idea I don't think it's as high right um, but yeah. maybe that just means it's uh, also couldn't be so low where it could just be cratered because I think that's why they settled I think Tesla could have been gone in a few months. It could have been essentially scrapped.
0: I agree. Yeah, if it had continued on that trajectory. Well, interesting times. that surely we'll revisit it. And our next topic, too, I think we'll revisit when when uh, Dr. Zen's back in the fold, too, because this is another uh, thing we've touched on, um, the enduring theme of sort of are we robots and are we becoming robots, um, broadly speaking. But uh, touching on Westworld, uh, the last season, which uh, ended a couple of months ago now, but we haven't had a chance to discuss it. We'd love to get your thoughts. I know you've just uh, recently uh, caught Caught up on it, yeah. And so your your question months ago to me was,
1: "Did it age well?" Yeah. And so I'm going to riff on that, and then also my thoughts on 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 um, season two. So, Abrams is the is the one who's driving a lot of this, right? JJ Abrams, the and uh, Nolan, uh, Jonathan Nolan, and and so you know I, I also loved to hate Lost. I think Lost was very similar mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in that there was a season and it at the end of that very first season things got weird in a way that they just almost could never recover from
0: mm-hmm. right. and yeah. so
1: I love 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 everything up until probably the last part of the last episode mm-hmm. in season one and mm-hmm. so I think that actually ages well mm-hmm. I thought the profound questions are interesting the nature of reality are we are can we become uh, robotic and remain human mm-hmm. can, can robots become human mm-hmm. are, those sorts of things are, are profound thoughts and, and but the um you know, and we got a lot of spoiler alerts here coming, all right, people? Okay, so, yeah,
0: fair you know,
1: warning. I think the twist to season one ruined it in, in a lot of ways mm-hmm. and, and made it a real messy platform from which to try to launch in the future. And I don't think see anything different now. I still see it as incredibly flawed, even though we've had a million new twists mm-hmm. and a million new reveals about what happened and what didn't happen. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt I was angry that Hopkins would not be a portion of that because to me you know he is he he what what comes out of his mouth is shakespearean whatever he's reading whatever mm-hmm. he's saying mm-hmm. and i think every it's like uh, you would have um, issues with uh, is is the is the young lady Elsie who's with Bernard the human girl mm-hmm. I think that's her yeah, yeah. name and, and so and just I I I hate to be super critical but it's like you know Bernard and Elsie watching that it's just like watching television mm-hmm. it's just watching you know like something on 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 you know Friday Thursday evenings mm-hmm. or something like that mm. and you have um, Ed Harris or um, or. Hopkins mm-hmm. in a scene and yeah. we're watching theater. Mm-hmm. We're watching something very special. Mm-hmm. And so the idea that he might be dead and gone, of course he wouldn't be, but he was for too long in season two, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. He was gone and not enough of him. Right. Mm-hmm. And so when the two of them are on screen, I mm-hmm. think it's luminescent. Yeah. I think everything lights up and I think it mm-hmm. becomes profound. Mm-hmm. When it isn't, it becomes a little, I don't know, pedantic and plotting and strange. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I love the hate Westworld, um, <laughs> but, you know, I really, I really Dislike the laziness of the reductionism and the full frontal assault on the concept of the soul. You know, it's always we're we're you know we're just a few dollars of chemicals and some water. <laughs> we're a, we're merely a brief algorithm, which was stated several times throughout the second season. We're 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 the most murderous animal. <laughs> what kind of Hackneyed, lazy bullshit as that? Have you never seen National Geographic? We were not the most murderous animal, maybe the most disappointing for what we can be, but it's just so dumb. So it's to me, it's hubris foolishness. In Westworld, every human being in the park is reduced in a giant library to a thin, hardbound book printed on cardstock, coded on piano roll, <laughs> which is a really low data density. You can't put anything on there. It's just mm-hmm. stupid. It's just trying to be... It's just like writers who who don't have a nerd friend to run this <laughs> shit by. And so it's being trapped in a universe where the writers can only finish with a, like a dream sequence ending from the Who Shot JR style of, of television reading. <laughs> Kids, go back and YouTube that because there was a, a season where... Where they had to resolve everything by essentially saying oh and we just dreamed that up but just a lazy crazy horrible thing so you know, JJ Abrams got lost himself in his first television show never deciding what or who it should be how it can end until it just does end mercifully and you're just like thank god we're not writing or watching anymore so I did love some stuff I loved every single moment that Ed Harris was on the screen even more so Hopkins on the screen I love Teddy's arc. I love the Native American arc. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um where he just realizes there's something wrong with the universe, which mm-hmm. is profound to me, mm-hmm. you know? And then uh and, and and it's like love. It's just this love story. It's like I had a beautiful, wonderful wife that was my life and now she's gone her way was taken from me Mm -hmm. and I'm going to get that back in a way that maybe redeems the world and my people and Mm -hmm. my tribe and everything else. Just really cool. So I wonder if it was almost, you know, it would have been almost like a, a better to be like true detective which had one glorious season where you're like, why yeah. is it this eight seasons long? How can mm-hmm. this be ended? And then the next season is actually really cool and really strong because, again, you're not stretching it out. You're mm-hmm. not playing those games. So,
0: entertained, mm-hmm. I watched the whole damn thing,
1: <laughs> but uh, disappointed.
0: Yes. I'm going to agree with just about everything you've said, but I'll start by giving the The series uh, makers um, a little bit more credit for one thing you (laughs) mentioned, which which is sort of the you you reacted to the 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 the, the real pessimistic you know view of humans, and I I think that in some ways a series like this has to do that they have to drive it into uh, humans being the bad guys and the good guys, and it ultimately being a human against human uh, battle on some level because. you know, a, a robot. If if a robot, and part of the theme here clearly is is whether the robots can be emergent into consciousness and the process that that takes. But in some ways, you you have to anchor a lot of this in humans being the source of the evil because it's just if the robots themselves were the source of evil, then it just becomes essentially a glorified monster movie, just like a a zombie movie or something like that, where, by analogy, the Walking Dead, very popular zombie series, it's really about in the the zombie apocalypse, humans contending against one another. And so they kind of, that has to be kind of the the through line here is that it has to be about humans flaws, humans capacity for evil and humans contending against that, you know? So now all that said, you said ponderous, you know, (laughs) I I agree that the the series has really become bloated and has become ponderous and self-serious in a way that it kind of always was to start with. But I think, The smaller stories, the more human stories um, have started to be overwhelmed by those bigger things and any sort of sense of humor, uh, any sense of kind of the the small little wonders and clevernesses introduced in how the worlds are created, um, just get, they kind of come and go very quickly. And so, yeah, for me, it's, I appreciate it and I respect the series on the level of fantastic production values. I, I I like the fact that they have achieved what is probably a milestone in quality science fiction in the way like the original series was a nice kind of throwback and a clever movie that I sure. quite enjoyed. And now I think this will bite, be rightly remembered whether it, you know, however many seasons it goes, and I'm sure it will continue to be popular. It will be at the very least recognized as kind of a high point achievement in terms of the marriage of big ideas with big production values, with strong writing, with interlocking stories lines, you know, it is it is truly the peak TV version of, you know, is the science fiction um, uh, uh, entrance into the, the peak TV pantheon, right? And it, it lives yeah. up to those. And the things you touched on too, which is that when you have these typically, you know, Shakespearean or theatrical or cinematic actors on the, on the par of uh, 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 Anthony the Hopkins yeah. and, uh, and Ed Harris and those guys, it elevates the series and their scenes tend to do that. But it's not the whole series. There's so much there. There's so much going on. There's so many plot lines that it falls down to the point, again, for me that, that it's just I appreciate it when I'm watching it but then by the next week, it's like I watch it more out of obligation than out of love or out of joy, and so there's just a lo- there's a lot missing there. So me. you know, it's always a
1: privilege to be able to because we don't talk all this stuff mm-hmm. we, a lot of times. This is the first we're hearing this it stuff. is, and, and mm-hmm. to have someone as bright and and as uh, as thoughtful and as insightful as you are, and and free, and to still realize that even in the midst of that love, you can be so loony and so wrong. <laughs> um, and, and you're so smart, and to be so face. No, no. And there's there's the the only thing that I, I think I quibble with. Is your incredibly generous and merciful, entirely wrong idea that come on they gotta be they gotta hate man they gotta hate robots <laughs> they gotta hate mankind no they don't I mean the the real the real if we're writing this show in my opinion and just to be fun about this for a second is the real genius part of it would be to create human beings that were good and interesting and maybe put them in difficult situations but there are no good and interesting human beings none and so it's it's one sided and hackneyed and false because we all know that we're idiots and we're a weird race and that sort of thing, but you and I know angels among us, mm-hmm. and and they're the people that we really, in large parts, study. The devils are fun. The mm-hmm. devil, and this is all devil mm-hmm. all the time. Everybody's the devil. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, and maybe that's the point is mm-hmm. that it's misanthropic. Yes, it's, right. And it's uh, it's reductionistic in this. Now, but yeah. I would challenge the idea that, and maybe that's what they're doing. It's like you know, remember in Breaking Bad. When all of a sudden there was one season where the wife of Benjamin... Was just a bitch the whole time. Mm-hmm. This whole time, it was just like you know they were like, "Geez, we got another season. Mm-hmm. How do we, how do we, you know, spice this up?" And there's like, mm-hmm. new, "She's going to be the new enemy because he can't be the. It, 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 it's not Benjamin. Is that is that his name? Breaking and
0: black. It's not Benjamin Black. Right? Isn't that so funny? So
1: I'm, I completely screwed us up.
0: Um, the the guy who makes meth,
1: Heisenberg, Heisenberg, <laughs> Walter. Walter Ben Walter White I knew him as Walter White I knew knew him as Ben (laughs) (laughs) I'm a mess today so Walter White is like the villain the whole time you can't have him not be a villain it's just like you know God, this—if we're going to survive, someone else has to be a bad guy. Let's make the wife the bad guy mm-hmm. for a while, and and so that depth and that interplay of people in the and good and bad in them and this and that, I think would make it so much richer. Instead, uh, everyone's really horrible. In fact, it's it's the only one who's who's redeemable in this entire is maybe Teddy, yeah, right? Who sure. who becomes an Uber robot right. of, the, of the highest order and right. then and then kills himself.
0: Well, you know what I gotta say. I... It, and, and and I'm coming along. You're actually convincing me that you're actually quite right here. I was giving them maybe a little bit more credit than you do than they were due because, and I'm seeing something here, which is that in in the first season, they the the, the, the characters who we were set up to sympathize with were actually the. Uh, the robots, right? They right. were the hosts. Right. And in particular, it was Evan Rachel Wood's character, Of Dolores. Dolores, up uh, to some extent, Teddy, uh, Fandy Newton's character. Yeah. Although maybe. she was a little, you know, saucy. She was, th- these were on some level, Uncategorically likable characters. We were kind of rooting for them. Absolutely. And the humans, pretty much to a person, were in fact posed as the bad guys. Now, that was the fundamental sort of insight that they then. Uh, or, or not inside, but it, it was the the platform on which they built the whole series, which, clever. Were, which was clever, and which was why they they were do now. And this is it, they sort of worked themselves now into a a, 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 a a cul-de-sac in some ways, a philosophical cul-de-sac, because the whole thesis of the second season is that the robots are revolting, right? The hosts are revolting, and now you see Dolores turn into. You know, essentially the the rebel serial killer. You see, Thandie right. Newton as well, and we do, I think, retain a, a strong in some ways. She is still we're rooting for her, but she's got her an ass. So we've lost anybody to root for. That's right, right? Because it was the hosts, and now they're on the rampage as well. <laughs> and, and the whole theme is.
1: They've become human, which is this shitty, horrible world. Right. Which is, they may be right. Mm-hmm. Maybe human beings are
0: irredeemable. Yeah. Maybe
1: we're just the worst monkeys in the world, but I'm right. not sure I want to watch
0: that. Right. And I'm not sure I want to pay it well, I, to watch it. I have it, we'll wrap up this topic and I will give you a recommendation. Uh, I and, thought and you and said I, we were going to talk for an hour on this subject. We, I don't think we have as much tape. We're on okay. well, the reel to reel desk. This is not digital. Let's wrap it up. Um, I think I might have mentioned this series in podcasts past, but if I haven't, or even if I have, I'm sure nobody will consult it. There's a British <laughs> series called Humans, which to my, for my money is much the better value than Westworld on very similar themes. And it is, uh, they're, they're called synths, and so it's a future world where robot technology has advanced to the point where synths. Um, are helpers in society so it's not a theme park metaphor but they're helpers in society they gain consciousness to some degree and it is the question as to are they really there it explores the the then class type differences between sure. the sins and the nonsense, the threats that are posed uh, the elements within the sins who want to battle versus the sins who want to appease and assimilate and the good and bad humans and it's all these themes much better explored in a way that allows us to to see the good and bad in humans and the good and bad in the synths. Humans. Yes. So I will go out and do that.
1: And are you going to break my heart and snap my spine slash soul slash mind like Ray did, like Paul did when he... Expose me to the crap in Black Mirror that I'll never unsee. <laughs>
0: do you mean is this series humans that dark? Yeah, it is not. No, you by okay. comparison okay. with West, no by comparison with Westworld, it it has the things you would like to see that you you're rightly looking for out of some of these series. Yes, and and hold me to it okay. uh, when you when you get to see it was on BBC America. Let's I don't know do what, what streaming services you have, so. Hey, let's wrap with uh, some sports riffing because we've got some some stuff to root for here yes. in Colorado these days. Quick shout out to the uh, the Lady Buff soccer team. And I one of my co-players, Jason Green, is one of the coaches on that squad. They're doing wow. very well in the Pac-12. But the football team is doing even better, 5-0 and uh, on the season in the early going here. I guess 5-0 is almost halfway through a college football season. It is. It is. Yeah. It is. So that's pretty darn good. Have you been following those guys?
1: I have. I'm, I... am can't stop loving the Buffs, even yeah. when they're horrible, mm-hmm. and even when they're good. And a couple years ago, they were very, very good. And yeah. a, even as soon as a year or two ago, they, we weren't very good at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't know how good we are, which yeah. is weird to say when you're 5-0, and because yeah. you got to take that. That's super. But like so many teams in college football right now, we have not played many, I don't know, any great team, mm-hmm. but maybe not any, even any teams that are good teams. Yeah. It's like one of the signature wins we have is over mighty, mighty, or maybe not so mighty, Nebraska, right? Which yeah. is our, <laughs> our nemesis. It used it to be a, anyway, yeah. Used to be <laughs> and now are like historically bad, like like paleozoic bad, you know? <laughs> it's like awful. It's like when dinosaurs roamed the earth. Bad. Yeah. So um, I'm su- I am think that, first of all, I think that Leviscus Chenault, and Stephen Montez at their positions literally may be the best in their position in the country, which is stunning for a program that's a good program,
0: but does not get talent like the SEC. Absolutely. Sort of They're thing. talking about Chenalta as a Heisman Trophy candidate, potentially.
1: And and I think interestingly enough, the numbers and, and the ability, Montez may be a better candidate. I mean, arguably, mm-hmm. it's, which is fun because you don't normally have that in a relatively, you know, smaller schoolness sort or of thing. So I've I've enjoyed it. I'm I'm super bitter and twisted about Buffs football in that you can't watch it very easily. Mm-hmm. And which is interesting because I have broken myself of the habit of watching it because I watch religiously. The home teams when they're on TV, I'll be watching the Rockies and Broncos today. I'll be doing that sort of thing because it's a habit. It's, it's in my world, but the but the Buffs have been so difficult to watch. I don't get Pac-12 Network in my home. Oh, which is maybe there, an indictment of me as
0: a human being. Yeah, yeah, that's probably the uh, reason. Yeah, there you go. You and so it, yeah.
1: anyway, so but so I but I still follow it. It's super fun, and I like Mike McIntyre. I think that it's uh, it'll be fun to again. I think that the same thing that happened a couple of years ago, Washington and. Um, see who seemed to be the cream of the crop maybe USC yeah um, and uh, and we'll see how that shakes out the rest of the year but I think it's a bull year
0: I think it's a big year we'll see what happens we'll see what happens good and we can't uh, leave the sports topic without talking about the Rockies you mentioned them they're now in an o and two hole yes um, against the Brewers in the uh, the 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 you know divisional round series yeah. here um, so they're gonna they, they got some work to do to advance they're not looking too strong but they've done tremendous work to get here right um, have you been following
1: yeah, yeah. my yeah. Dad, well one yeah. of the things about sports is that it's a connection to my dad yeah I love my dad and I love being able that's a thing we always and he's crazy about the Rockies so I know a lot more about the Rockies than I would have on my own because yeah. he knows everything about the Rockies and, uh, and it was really fun to um, beat the Cubs. I just did not think that that was going to happen. Yep. And so this is all bonus. I, I wish we wouldn't just be hacking away and flailing away at, at balls in the dirt. It seems like Trevor's story, every pitch to him is yeah. bouncing two, two it's feet true. in it. and It's like me and Little League swing right. <laughs> away. Just the worst thing in the world. But um, I think they'll, I hope they win a game or two and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and actually I'm excited for next year. I think we have for the first time in the organization pitching squared away. So my World series is probably the uh, Red Sox or the
0: Yankees against the Dodgers Uh and probably the American League wins that in my opinion I'm close I'll I'll go with the, the Red Sox against the Brewers I think that's a bit of a toss up over there um uh, and uh, uh, I've seen a little bit, just enough to know that uh, yeah, they could get something going there. I think they're, they're having an exciting year. Um, yeah, and I think the Red Sox take it just too strong. And, and, and not to be cowardly, I'll say Red Sox uh, take the whole thing. But Brewers are probably better than the
1: Dodgers right now. Ooh, so we, that's, we a, that's a good bet. That's and a good bet. if
0: our history is any indication, yes. uh, it'll be neither of those teams. And we need Dr. Zen here to pick the winning, right. the winning teams. Zen.
1: He said he was going to email us. I was kind of hoping he'd email the pick so that he could continue that string of being able to just be right about everything. Uh, but uh, so anyway, it'll be fun. Uh, maybe we'll get something. So um, that's uh, I've got closing thoughts for you. Are, you, are please, you ready? Please. I'd like to start a new segment. And I'm not I'm a little wiggly about what to even call in this. net, So I need you to help me. So it's either ask the skeptic. OK. Or um, ask Professor Skeptical. Something like that. Okay. Where you adopt a persona. perhaps, <laughs> uh-huh. okay. Or maybe you don't because you're too skeptical. Let, to, let me noodle, you know, noodle like, that. Right. Okay. Because, yeah. you know, as a skeptic, you wouldn't do that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't okay. know. And so um, what do you think of. Uh, Uh, And and this is uh, This is Elsie From Indiana What do you think About uh, Kyrie Real listener Real real, real, listener Yes absolutely We don't don't make stuff up Bullshit I made up Uh, What do you think Of Kyrie Irving's Recent admission That he may indeed uh, Think the world Is round
0: um, I, I think it's uh, very... Is that uh, good? Is that bad? Are you hopeful? Or is it discouraging? What do you take from that? I, firstly, I, I think it's really generous for Kyrie to give his fans and the world insights into his uh, <laughs> his deepest thoughts. Sure. And his opinions. Um, I think... Um, Boy, flashes of Elon Musk. I don't know. Uh, there's, is the, is there sort of genius right. uh, in the heart of Kyrie Irving uh, such that he could be fundamentally misguided about some, <laughs> you, know, you know, things? And w- when we get some in, a little insight there into him sort of coming back around, it shows how far away he was. I guess. <laughs> right. I
1: don't, yeah. As a lawyer, we would call that settled law. This is a principle that it seems we seem to have worked that
0: one out. We yes. seem to have fought those fights. Yes, and the, and the fact that. He's, he's now feeling the need to share that he's with us on that boat. It's like, oh, we didn't realize you weren't on it. Um, so, I, I mean, mean, I guess he had shared that he he thought, that, did he say that he, he said he was skeptical that the world was around at, at one point, right? I mean, oh, yes. Yeah, he was. Okay. And then more he was like, look at the evidence. Let's yeah. just be, let's be skeptical peoples. Yeah.
1: And that sort of thing, which sounds like, a, yeah. you
0: know. It, it, it's a fine line between Skepticism and self-delusion. Okay, <laughs> and so I, I think that Kyrie probably was. That's the title on, of my biography. on the other side. Yes.
1: <laughs> okay. So, um, and then let me hit you with something else that I was noticing the other day. You know, people put bumper stickers on vehicles. You have one on your vehicle. I do. That I was, I thought was really clever. <laughs> it's essentially an, a, an equation that Tesla is greater than Edison. Yes, which That's, is super fun. Yes. it's a wonderful nerdy little meme to put to people. It, you know, it connects with a certain
0: group c- of people. Comes out of the, the site, uh, the comic site, uh, uh, the Oatmeal is the name oh, of the artist.
1: Oh, Oatmeal. He's That's great. He's
0: fantastically created. My
1: son guy. turned yes. me into Oatmeal. Yeah. So. Um, so sometimes it's profound, like your bumper sticker. That's just profound. That's just, there's just wisdom in it, right? I, I can only take credit for sticking it on the back. <laughs> but is there anything dumber than putting an, an overtly religious or spiritual bumper sticker on the back of a vehicle? Because of what happens when we drive our cars. You know, the way we all drive as human beings. You are setting that. God or that being up for
0: failure for for bumper to bumper accidents. Absolutely, anyway, <laughs> it's the,
1: I, I'm not referring only to the possibility one occasionally exhibits profoundly poor, stupefyingly bad, ugly, offensive, of god-crippling driving. But we all do some things driving without any intention that is going to bring, by definition, disrepute to that uh, disrepute to that religion or that God. So um, don't get me wrong. I, I'm not t- against like the. Jesus scaves, uh, Brets- Gretzky scores. That's great. That's glorious. Um, and I'm also not saying necessarily that Jesus or Buddha for that matter was weak on the glove side against, uh, against Southpaws. Yeah. Because I'm not saying that. that. Maybe. But I am recognizing the truth that even with zero goals scored, Gretzky would still be the NHL's all time leading scorer. It just based on the assists? I'm not sure about that math, but I think that's true. Holy Have cow. you ever heard of that? Isn't that that's genius? incredible. That's just for free. That's not my point. Okay, okay, Back to the point. point. Okay. I'm talking about run-of-the-mill Christian or Buddhist on board type bumper stickers, mm-hmm. okay? When one of these practitioners, maybe very good-hearted, maybe just like Buddha, just like Jesus, cuts someone off, it, it, does it not bring <laughs> disrepute? Does it not <laughs> set yourself up for failure? There's never going to be a moment yeah. where they're like, there's such good drivers... I like Jesus more.
0: You know, I, I
1: find Buddha more believable to me because that guy drives the shit out of that car. He really does. And so how would your... Here's your thing. How would your significant other characterize your driving in no more than a sentence?
0: Um, Boy, she would probably say... What would she say? I am... Sufficiently safe most times, <laughs> and occasionally exasperating. <laughs> and so this is a fun party game. Do that to people. Spring that, and they have yeah. to
1: just say what's on the top of their head. Yeah. How it, and then how would... You know, it would be interesting. I haven't tried this where I say uh, character is you're driving. But um, so maybe I'll ask that. But so how I think, would you make? May I put that question? back Yes. Here? And, yeah. and I wrote. Uh. Um. No. I so. <laughs> I totally cheated. I. I how would she, would she say about me? I, I get to respond, actually. Yeah. She would say, um, uh, rule bound uh-huh. uh, with occasional uh, moments of terror. Okay. All right. Something yes. like yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, in this is my, this is my, for her, and then maybe you can you do your wife. Okay. okay. So, yeah, so sure. my mine for Tommy Lynn is. Time-bendingly fast. <laughs> wow! Okay. Right, yeah, where yeah. it seems to alter the nature of it should have taken 18 minutes to get there. And it cost 15. How did yeah. that happen? I don't know. Yeah. And then, so it time-bendingly fast. Semicolon intending to instruct and admonish others. It's, it's, That's how I she see, drives. I see.
0: It's <laughs> pedagogical. Yes, for her. I see. Right. She's teaching. She's teaching and others. sometimes yeah. preaching. <laughs> okay. So you, you got... <laughs> no, I, I can't beat that. I mean, I, I got nothing. Okay. I okay. Got
1: nothing. That's fair. Yeah. So, and then uh, finally, I just wanted to hit you with something. This is a tough little ambush question okay. for you here. Um, and I'll read a few to give you time to ruminate on this okay. a little bit. Okay. Song titles uh-huh. of generally good songs that ruin the song just by the title alone uh-huh. in, in that lyrical component. Uh-huh. Of it. I want to hit you with one. ABBA's Chickakita. Okay. <laughs> terrible. Yeah. The Bee Gees uh-huh. with a lovely song called Fanny. Be tender with my love. Okay. Oh, yes. There's yeah. a
0: lot there. Yeah. It's I'm way back. too much there. Yes.
1: Um, he, he hit me and it felt like a kiss by the crystals. <laughs> yeah. uh, smacked my bitch up by the prodigy. Those sorts of things. Do you have anything that ruins a song? <clears throat> wow. That, or that lyrically, you love the song, but you cannot abide it because of something that's said in it.
0: That's
1: a tough one. I thought one might go to your mind. Perhaps I'm the one who's got problems in this
0: yeah. <laughs> area well, and not you. Well, <coughs> <laughs> I'm going to uh, – we're going to – we'll be able to patch out the dead time that I'm spending thinking yeah, about yeah, this. Yeah, that's good. Uh, to to save everybody. Exactly, exactly. So we fix it in post. But let me see. I'm, I'm legitimately thinking now, thinking, thinking. We can come
1: back next time if yeah. we
0: have to. I mean, yeah. it's be a fun one for Paul too. Right, okay. It's the first
1: time you've ever been stumped.
0: Yeah, ever, yeah. okay. Well, l- let's – Let's take, take it under advisement, okay? Let's do that. And maybe the end of the ambush question. Yes. Dr. Sam. <laughs> right. <the greatest laughs> right. All right. Well, I think we're going to end on that Thank ambush. You. Okay. I've been totally ambushed. I am... super pleased that you didn't come up with a uh, health-based lie to not do the podcast with me today. I do not lie. It was so gorgeous. I love to meet you. Thank you so much. You're absolutely welcome. Thank you for making the drive up as well. We missed Dr. Zen, but he missed us as well. Oh, I hope so. There's a Dr. Zen-sized hole in the fabric of the cast today, but it'll be filled next time. Thank you all for listening. It's been nice spending time with you this morning. Jeff, And with our listeners. Love you, Ray. Love you, Jeff. Bye-bye.